Good morning. We are delighted to see so many here with us this morning for our conference on U.S. strategic interests in the Arctic. I, I'm going to make a small change to our program. Um, we just received word that Senator Murkowski has been in a very minor fender bender on her way here. And uh, she is coming, uh, but we have to wait for, a, she has to wait for another car uh, to pick her up and then fight the traffic from Capitol Hill uh, to CSIS. So we're gonna have a slight change of program. After our opening remarks, we're going to invite the first panel forward. Uh, to begin, and when Senator Murkowski arrives, we're going to hit the uh, pause button on the first panel and uh, invite Senator Murkowski to give her remarks. And after she uh, provides those remarks and departs, we'll hit the play button again, and the first panel will pick up right where they uh, left off. So, uh, uh, but, uh, Senator Murkowski is perfectly fine, other than uh, uh, dealing with the Capitol Police and a lot of traffic. So, uh, uh, that, just one programming note. But uh, uh, again, welcome to you. I have to say, and, and this, and Senator Murkowski's little blip, I have to say after two back-to-back -back blizzards in February that postponed our original conference, the volcanic ash cloud that nearly gave us all a heart attack that we might not be able to implement again. And now this, I'm starting to wonder if we're not receiving some signs from above <laughs> about this conference, but uh, persistence and patience uh, overcome all things. And thankfully the transatlantic skies have cleared and the only white things under our feet I think are cherry blossoms. So uh, we're grateful for you uh, for being here today. I think uh, we have an exceptional day planned for you. Um, certainly uh, Senator Murkowski is uh, as the senior senator from Alaska and the foremost expert or one of the foremost experts on Arctic issues in the Congress. I think she will set the tone uh, perfectly on why the U.S. is an engaged and active actor in the Arctic. And then, as I said, we'll start and then stop our first panel with, a, with a, an important discussion on the law of the sea and weighing the pros and cons of U.S. ratification of that important treaty. And then following the law of the sea panel, we'll move quickly to a discussion on what should the U.S. security posture be in the Arctic. And uh, I think uh, we'll have a very lively dialogue, uh, particularly on the Coast Guard posture uh, and, and naval uh, activities. And then lunchtime, we swing in and we welcome Deputy Secretary of State Jim Steinberg. I think it's important to note a year after uh, his visit to Tromso, Norway, where he uh, was the U.S. representative to the Arctic Council Ministerial, um, we can hear his words on a year later, where is U.S. engagement in this important region. And we are very lucky. The, the good thing that came out of our delayed conference is that we were able to be joined uh, by Norwegian uh, Deputy Defense Minister Espen Barth Ida, who is a very good friend to CSIS, and we are very fortunate to have uh, the Deputy Minister with us. I'd like to claim credit for the first deliverable of the conference being yesterday's historic announcement between Norway and Russia uh, on the maritime delimitation between the Barents Sea and the Arctic Ocean. So look, we're already off to a fantastic start. Uh, and we're delighted uh, that Minister Barth Ida will really be the senior ranking official to help explain that uh, historic agreement, the 40 years that it took to, to reach it. And I think it will be an encouragement to other Arctic actors to resolve their longstanding disputes as well. 
We'll talk about that much later. We are delighted to welcome Norwegian Ambassador to Washington, Ambassador Stroman. Thank you, Ambassador Stroman. You've been, you and the Embassy have been a tremendous partner and supporter to our efforts. We're delighted that you are here. And another benefit of postponement, we are able to welcome the U.S. Ambassador to Norway, Ambassador Barry White, the Barry White, as we like to say. Uh, Ambassador White, uh, we are absolutely delighted that you could uh, be with us today. Now, I was concerned because of all the February snow has melted here in Washington, and all of the Washingtonians say thank you. Um, I was a little concerned that we might not be able to fully place ourselves in an Arctic state of mind for this conference. So I thought maybe we could turn up the air conditioning, get it cold in here, but we'll be kind to the environment. What I thought we'd do is show you a very brief video clip that helps you get into that Arctic frame of mind. So uh, we'll just pause for a very brief video. Well, thank you. Now I hope you're in an Arctic frame of mind uh, before we begin. I, I want to take a moment. That video was created and designed by my research assistant, uh, Jamie Crouch, who is a very gifted and talented and indispensable person. So I'd like to uh, uh, thank her very much for her excellent work. Now I'd like to welcome forward uh, my partner. I won't say in crime, but we have been mischievous in some of our, uh, our activities. Uh, Rolf Tomnes, uh, who is the executive director of the Norwegian Institute for Defense Studies, uh, and uh, whose collaboration uh, for this conference and this project would not be possible. So Rolf, may I invite you up to provide some some uh, opening remarks.
Thank you, Heather. Dr. Hamra, distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back at the CSIS during the best season in Washington, and of course, without having to be worried about snowstorms and volcanic eruption. Let me take this opportunity to express my gratitude to CSIS for creating such an important uh, meeting place. CSIS is, as has been indicated, a key partner in our joint research program on the geopolitics in the high north, a truly international effort with partners and associates in many countries, and many of whom are with us today. The challenges in the north are not among the imminent issues. Uh, as you know, the crises of the day are elsewhere around the world. At the same time, there is every reason to have in mind the fundamental changes uh, taking place in the North. Uh, we will face with a number of challenges, yes indeed, but there is every reason to underline the opportunities as well. And yesterday, as Hedley Heather indicated, Norway and, uh, and Russia reached an historic agreement on the delimitation line in the Barents Sea after 40 years of negotiations. This agreement will no doubt contribute to enhancing cooperation in the North. We shall return to that question uh, later today, so I leave it there. I have also noticed uh, a growing US interest in Arctic affairs, illustrated by the Arctic Policy Directive, the Navy's Arctic uh, Roadmap, and a strong US interest in strengthening the Arctic Council cooperation. And the thorough CSI report released today is an excellent uh, starting point and platform for discussing U.S. interests and policy in the North. More specifically, I would like to mention very briefly four issues that are on the top of my head when it comes to the North. And the first issue uh, concerns the international legal framework. And our first uh, session today will address the U.S. and the Law of the Sea Convention. It should come as no surprise to you that U.S. ratification is seen as an important step in Europe, as a visible expression of U.S. commitment to act as a heavily engaged and responsible stakeholder. And second, the energy issue. The vast oil and gas resources in the North have led many to conclude that they are in many ways the solution to the future scarcity of energy. But as we all know, there are a great number of uh, question marks here, including uh, the recent uh, changes in the global gas markets, notably the shale gas revolution in uh, North America. And we face the possibility that the huge Russian resources in the North may become far less attractive. And the fate of the Stockman gas field in the Barents Sea might be an important and interesting litmus test, notably the LNG part of it. Third, uh, security issues. Most will agree that the opening up of the Arctic and increased activity face us with a number of soft security challenges. At the same time, hard security is a part of the picture. Although the characteristics of hard security in the European Arctic are very different from those in North America. Last November, 
the Canadian Chief of the Defence Staff pointed out that there is no conventional military threat to the Arctic. If someone were to invade the Canadian Arctic, my first task would be to rescue them. <laughs> well, the strategic environment of Northern Europe is somewhat different because of the existence of uh, considerable conventional forces and not least the heavy concentration of nuclear, nuclear capabilities. Most, I think, will agree that these security questions will have to be managed first and foremost within the framework of multilateral agreements and by strengthening the overall cooperation with Russia. Some will also argue for, argue for a parallel track that NATO needs to structure its conventional capabilities in such a way that the alliance maintains its collective defense purpose in a credible manner. And the ongoing revision of NATO's strategic concept brings attention to the role of the so-called in-era missions of the alliance. And lastly, my fourth issue concerns the future role of Asia in the Arctic. In the long-term perspective, and with the rise of Asia, major Asian powers might have significant economic and military footprints in the Arctic and claim their seats at the table. And such adjustments might be very painful. These are just to indicate some of the issues that are at least of interest from my perspective. But today I'm here to learn. It's a great pleasure to take part in a conference with such a knowledgeable and prestigious audience and I look forward to the presentations with great expectations. Thank you very much.